If the Lord is calling you, that's a very good thing. Amen. It's a very good thing and a wonderful opportunity to respond. Whatever uh, way he is calling or speaking to you, don't ever say no and don't run. We have free choice. Respond to the call. Because like the psalmist said, there will be a last call. There will be a last. Amen. All right. So it's the most important time of the day. We're going to take uh, time for the message. And I ask that you turn in your Bibles to the book of Acts, chapter 27. Acts, chapter 27. It's my responsibility to bring you something from the Word of God that is uh, appropriate and pertinent and helpful to hopefully each and every one. And so if this message does not appeal to you, Today, it sure will someday, because these days come for all of us. It's, it's, a, it's a common part of life. We're in the book of Acts, chapter 27. We're going to be reading in verses 20 through 29. And this is a long passage, but all together, let's all stand together. Acts, chapter 27, verses 20 through 29, verse 20. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me, and not have loosed from Crete, and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God, that it shall even be as it was told me. Howbeit, we must be cast upon a certain island. But when the fourteenth night was come, as we were driven up and down Adria, about midnight, the shipmen deemed that they drew nigh to some country, and sounded, and found it twenty fathoms. And when they had gone a little further, they sounded again, and found it fifteen fathoms. Then fearing lest we should have fallen upon the rocks, they cast four anchors out of the stern and wished for the day. The title of the message is Wishing for the Day. They wished for the day. And let's pray. Our Father, as we begin this message and we prepare, as it should help us and give the help that your people need as we study this important story in the life of the Apostle Paul. All together, I ask that you'd fill us all with the Holy Spirit and help, and we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. 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 may be seated. I remember for many years, my brother and I, my older brother, would take a trip to Santa Fe, New Mexico. We'd go once a year. It was like a yearly trip for us, and we would we'd have to be there on Monday morning, and we would not miss church for anything. So we'd go to, we'd serve God all day on Sunday. And I remember those days I had a bus route. I'd take kids home after church 
and uh, we'd, we'd get finished late. We'd just pack up and throw our stuff in the car and take off right from church. Well, we'd drive all night uh, through the desert. And I remember, I just kept looking for that sun to rise. It's a big moment for me. You know, driving out through the darkness, and you get out in the deserts in New Mexico out there, it's not much to see, especially in the dark. And actually, you see nothing but darkness in front of you. And just an occasional night critter might come across. Very little traffic. So it it just becomes a long, drawn-out night of seeing nothing and trying to stay awake, and you're just waiting for those rays of sun to come up. Wishing for the day. I remember when I used to work in college, I worked double shifts. I'd work, I'd go to school all day and then work two shifts at night, and we'd work all night. And I longed for the day. It was brutal. I longed, those nights were so long, and I wanted them to end. I wanted to get home. They'd put me to work as soon as I got, back, got there. But I just wanted the sun to come up. I was wishing for the day, hoping that it would come sooner. But you know what? You can't make the sun speed up. You can't make time. You have to do your work. I've ridden out storms at night. I remember sat through a hurricane down in Corpus. Hurricane Allen. Back in the early 80s, I I sat through that, and we, we rode out the storm. I was wishing for the day. I was wishing for it to all end. Man, torrential rain came and the strong winds. What about all those nights when you, has this happened to you lately where the power goes off in the middle of the night? You have no electricity, especially when it's summertime. It's about 95 degrees outside. You have no ceiling fan, no air conditioning. You're wishing for the day. Well, you're wishing for the power to come back on, amen? Tell those fellows to get with it. Figure out which one of those transformers blew. Get me back to having some sight and some comfort. But nothing can be compared to Paul's voyage in Acts chapter 27. Interesting, it says there were 276 men with him on that ship. That's a big ship for back then. 276 souls were there. And they're trying to get to Rome across the Mediterranean Sea in the dead of winter. They shouldn't have gone. You don't travel the Mediterranean in wintertime. Not in those days. The boats were not able to take it. But they, had, they were trying to beat the weather and get to Rome. And so Paul told the centurion who was in charge, there was a soldier in charge, he said, I fear we're not going to make this trip. Don't do it. He warned him, don't take the trip. This is going to be very hazardous to our lives and to the ship. Troublesome times are coming. Well, the captain of the ship said, we'll get through this. Don't listen to him. Listen to me. I've done this my whole life. Let's just go. Get everybody loaded up. We're shooting across the the, uh, sea. We're going to try to make it to Rome. Well, just a little. It says in uh, verse 14 of chapter 27, not long after, something happened. There arose against it a tempestuous wind called Eurachlodon. They weren't expecting Eurachlodon to come. By the way, they didn't have weathermen back then. And even to these days, the weathermen aren't right very often, are they? They didn't know this thing was coming. 
It was a winter storm. Blew in and it was a typhoon type of a storm because it lasted for many, many days. It was like a small hurricane. And it got they got caught in the middle of this storm. And what happens when you get... And their cells did not work. It didn't matter how much rowing they did. They weren't going anywhere except where the storm wanted them to go. So the storm caught the ship and blew it way off the course. And took them out into the midst of the Mediterranean Sea in the middle of winter time with no bearing on where they're going. And it says, many days went by. We never saw the sun. We never saw stars above. We saw nothing. We're just going with the storm. With the tempest, with the tossing, with the waves, with the wind, with a crowded boat. Can you imagine what they went through with a, I mean, a crowded, and these weren't ships, these were boats. Eurachlodon. Fear set in. Dread set in. It says after many days, it says all hope that we'd be saved was lost. We lost all hope. We had no hope whatsoever we're going to get out of this thing. And they had resigned themselves. It's over for us. We're going to die in the midst of the Mediterranean Sea. And it says they went 14 days without food. 14 days. Upon this ship. And then Paul, he stands up at the perfect time. And we read it. It says after long abstinence. Paul's biting his lip saying, you know, you should have listened to me. Should have listened to God. When we told you we could have avoided this. It's what happens a lot of times in life when people don't pay attention to God's word. They think they're going to find a way through on their own. Eurachodons will show up. Troublesome times will come. And it will prove. Should have done it God's way. But Paul says some amazing things here. Look what he says in verse 23. There stood by me this night the angel of God. Whose I am, I belong to them. He's, he's the angel of the Lord. And whom I serve, he says, fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar. What he's saying is, Paul, you will make it to Rome. God gave his promise, you will make it to Rome. When all the circumstances is not happening, Paul, God said to Paul, you will make it to Rome. And then he says something amazing. God hath given to thee all them that sell with thee. Nobody's going to die. Not one person's going to lose their life. But he says, how be it? We will be cast upon a certain island. We will have a shipwreck. You're going to survive it, but you're going through a shipwreck. God said so. This is such an amazing story when you think about what he's saying. So he's saying, we will be saved. Tough times are still ahead, though. The trouble's not over. The, the sun's not shining yet. The, the uh, waves are getting bigger probably. And we don't know where we're at. But God has promised us we will be saved. You know, they suffered through many more days through this troubled sea. And the winds and the waves rocking and they have no control over their ship whatsoever. So in the darkness, it says they sense something in the dark. Somebody deemed, that's a good word, they deemed, I think we're close to land. Somebody had this thought or a sense, I think we're close to land. 
And so they sounded. What that means is back then they took a big lead weight and they tied it to a rope and threw it overboard. And they'd measured the depth of the sea. And it says that it came out at how many fathoms? 20 fathoms deep. Say, that doesn't sound like much. It's pretty deep. 130 feet. Still at 130 feet. But then it said they waited just a little longer. They threw it out again and they measured. And it was at 96 feet. So it's getting shallow. And they're in the dark. And so does it say, man, there may be jagged rocks. We may hit a, brick, a, wall, a rock wall out there. This is scary. We don't know what we can see. We don't know where we're going. And so they feared and they said, let's just do the wise thing. They threw four anchors out of the back of the ship, out of the stern, and they wished for the day. So they just threw out the anchors and locked up and held on and said, we're going to ride it out right here until the sun comes up. And then when the sun comes up, we'll see where we're at and what we're doing and we can develop a plan. Now, still getting rocked to and fro, still can't see, still have no plan, but they're just going to wish for the day. They're going to long for the sun to come up like they never have before. They're going to wait for this long night to pass, and then they're going to try to come up with a plan. But what they did was they stuck it out, and they hoped. See, the word of God that Paul gave gave them hope again. It said all hope was was we would be saved is lost, but now Paul is telling them, God's already told me we're going to be saved through this. You know what they said? Hey, there's a creek right there. They can see the creek. They said, all right, we won't, we, maybe we won't be beached. Maybe we can drive into the, the creek and we'll be okay. We can all jump off once we get into the creek. So what they, they said, all right, let's, what we're going to do, we're going to develop this plan. We're going to pull up their acres. We're going to throw up the sails, and we're going to drive hard and try to hit that creek. And they went for it. But they, it says they came into a place where the two seas met. Two big sandbars came and met. And the front part of the ship was driven hard by the winds and the waves into the sandbar and stuck firm. I mean, the front part of the ship is stuck. And the winds and the waves started breaking the ship apart. So the whole back end of the ship starts falling apart and actually dismantled. This is when Paul said, let's jump over and swim to shore. It's time. All 276 men made it to shore alive. It says some of them could swim, they swam across, and some had to go on broken boards or broken pieces and float into shore. But they all made it out of life. Now, many, many days, many tough days, many depressing days that made you almost, well, in their case, they wanted to quit. They said, why? There's no more hope left. They didn't eat. They never saw the sun. It says many days without seeing the sun. They didn't see the stars above. They could not find the north star to even know which way they were going. They couldn't see. Many days of no hope. Many days of gloom and doom. No control whatsoever. 
Nothing worked. It says they tried to undergird the ship with chains and tighten it up. So if they did hit the quicksand, it would not break the ship up. That did not work. They lightened the ship. They threw out all the tackle out of the ship. Threw out almost all the food because they tried to make it as light as possible for survival's sake. They were looking for the harbor. Then Paul gave this wonderful news. He said, I've just heard from heaven again. He did. He said, man, I've heard from heaven. God said, we're all going to be safe. And he said, hey, let's cheer our hearts right now. Let's eat. He said, you know, you've gone 14 days without even any food. Let's eat. So he pulled out the food and every man ate. And it says they all got courage and they all felt better. And they got some uh, light. And he said, okay, now we're going to wish for the day. They've, it's interesting because it says after they ate, they threw all the food overboard. Because they wanted the, the ship to be lightened. He says, keep your trust in God. Now, this is interesting with the Apostle Paul. He says in 2 Corinthians eleven twenty-five, he says, I've been through three shipwrecks in my life. This is not new to him. This has happened many times, three times for him. He says, I, God saved me out of all of them, but I had to endure the storm before I was saved. So the tough times are definitely inevitable and coming. And just... As smooth sailing, there's nothing like sailing on a mirror lake, a mirror type of uh, lake, is there? Boating on a wave-free lake and or a sea, how beautiful that is. But that doesn't happen all the time, does it? If you, if you get that, and life's really smooth sailing, we call it. Enjoy that. Appreciate it. Remember God while it's happening. Because the tough times are coming. You're going to hit a storm. You're going to hit a Eurachlodon. All of us have. And what are you going to do when it comes? So like the waves of the sea hitting that ship, troublesome times come at us. And uh, health breaks down. Troubles with the body start hitting you hard. People. Start letting you down. People start turning against you. People problems. Persecution problems. Discouragement sets in. A lot of times it's financial problems. You know, and interesting because a lot of times when you hit a financial problem, it takes a while to get out of that financial problem. You don't get a miracle. About, uh, rarely do you get a miracle amount of money come in the mail that saves the day. Now, it happens at times. But a lot of times, you're going to endure a storm. And you're going to say, we can get out of, how are we going to find a way out of this one? Well, there's a God. But you're in a storm. Loneliness is a hard storm. What if all of these hit you at the same time? That's Eurachlodon. So think about this with me for a moment. Sometimes the storms in life that come on us, they're self-inflicted. We brought the storm on by bad decisions. We made bad choices. We stubbornly did wrong things. And the troubles come because of foolishness. Through, through carelessness or not paying attention, trouble comes. Sometimes they're self-inflicted. Other times, 
It's just a natural order of life. We live in a world of hard times and trouble, and you can't get around that. They're unforeseen. You didn't see them coming. They're uncontrollable. Once they come, you can't take the reins and fix it immediately. And you can't navigate through them. These are hard times that come our way. Like I said, body could be given out. You could lose loved ones. People that you spent your whole life with and loved are gone. Unforeseen bills and needs or changes in the world. But one thing you can guarantee, the storm will rage on. The storm will rage on. So often, the storm gets so severe, it hides the light of day. You see no way out. You see no plan of your own to get you out of the mess that you're in, and you have no answer. So the darkness and the swirling wind stays round about you and blocks all hope away. So what do you do in days like this? What do you do? You know, a lot of people resort to foolish. They, they get in a bigger mess by trying to fix the problem themselves and jump. It says here they were going to try to sneak off board. The guys that knew the ship the most were going to try to sneak off in lifeboats and leave the others behind to perish at the sea. They were going to, it was a save yourself attitude, right? Save yourselves! Not in this case, because Paul said we have to all stay together or we can't be saved. God said don't do something foolish, don't do something rash, don't make a quick judgment that's going to ruin a huge part of your life coming up. Let me tell you what not to do and what to do when you're in a storm like this. Whatever it could be. And, they, and by the way, they come in all shapes, sizes, and styles. It's the troubles of life. Don't turn to your own devices and try to get out of the storm on your own. Figuring out a way. You need to seek the Lord. You need to seek the Lord. It says these men were disguising themselves to to check the boat, and they were going to leave and, for, and forsake everybody. And basically what Paul's saying is, if these men don't stay in the boat, they're going to perish too. All of them are going to perish. Don't resort to your own save-yourself foolish, deceitful ways. Don't do it. Wait on God. You know, uh, one thing I want to say about it, storms in life can't be controlled. They have to be endured. You just set them out. You endure them. The sun will shine again. It's a beautiful day out there today. Now here's what you do do. You try to find some cheer in the goodness of God. Paul, in the midst of it all, says, well, wait a minute. We're not dead yet. None of us are. And we've gotten through 14 days of this, and he said, I have a promise from God we're going to make it. Let's just sit down and trust God. He said, I believe God. I believe Him. Let's eat. And let's cheer our hearts. And let's prepare. We're going to have to endure some more. But God has promised things are going to get better. Very effective. Whatever He said, because they all ate. And they were all happier. And they all felt better. And they were ready 
to fight the storm a little longer. So what do you do when a storm like this hits? I'm not saying something that comes your way and you can fix it. These are unfixable problems. You know what you do? You cast the anchors out of the stern of the ship and you wish for the day. You wait on the Lord. You, you, what do you do? You're going to endure the storm. All you can do in this case is trust the Lord and wait for the sun to shine again. One thing's for sure, God promised the sun will always rise. It comes up every day, giving us a new day. And it will surely return. So what do you do? You wish for the day. Boy, I wish. I can't wait for it to come. But it's not here yet. I will ride it out and tough it out and endure and be patient and wait on God and long for it greatly. But wait until God opens the door. Wish for the day. So you wish for the day. You don't, may not see it now when you will be able to see again. And you'll see things clearly. You know, when people don't see clearly, that's when they make the foolish decisions. You'll be able to see. Better times will come. Understanding will return. You can develop a plan. You will get control again if you'll wait it out and trust the Lord. And life will get better soon. Storms never last forever. Now, this was a long one. Storms never last forever. God will get you out. So let me ask you, let me tell you here real quickly why storms arise in life. Why do we have to endure troubles in life? Why do the storms come? Well, it's the natural cause and course of this life. You have storms and you have calm. You have windy days, you have very still, mild days. You have light and dark every day. We go through a period of light. We go through a period of darkness where you can't see. Every day. Good things come our way. Evil things come our way. It's life in this world. You have gain and you have loss. That's life in this world. We gain, we lose, we see. Sometimes we can't see. We have storms come. We have good days. What happens is and when the good days comes, we forget the stormy days and we forget the God who gave us the good days. What else does the storms do? It reveals that we're not in heaven yet. You know, it just once again reminds me, I'm not there yet. I'm still on this earth. I'm not there yet, and you aren't either. Storms of life reveal that. The next thing is it'll, it will cause a true appreciation when the sun rises again. And the good times come back. You can appreciate it more. You can cherish it more. It becomes more precious. It really does. I had a fellow tell me, he said, I, I, I grew up in San Diego, California. He said, San Diego's a weird place. There are no seasons there. It's always perfect weather. It's always just mild, good weather. We don't get the, we don't get the, I don't get many storms either, by the way. But good old San Diego, he said it drove me crazy. I didn't get the fall. I didn't get the winters. I didn't get the spring. 
I didn't get the summers. I didn't get to enjoy all the stages of the year. Everything was the same all the time. And he said, those people out there, they're really not that happy. Now, life, God brought life into the, the way he did where we have adversity and we have good things coming in a balance to balance us out so we can appreciate those very good days. And remember, I ain't heaven yet. It's not over. So good times are revealed to be better if you've had some hard times in your life. How would you ever know you feel good if you didn't feel bad some? How would you ever know what health really is if you didn't lose a little of it? Then you get it back and you say, boy, this is as good as it gets right here. <laughs> Beauty in life can be found this way. If you were living in perfect conditions and had everything, boy, better roses, you wouldn't appreciate life. You wouldn't appreciate life. But the storms will cause you to have a better, fuller life. You're going to see how God got you through all this, by the way. And you grew with everything, and you learned to trust him more. And you realize, I'm not in heaven yet. So the last point is, what is it going to do? It's going to make heaven that much better. Heaven will be wonderful. The storms are all past. The troubles are war, but sure went through a lot to get there. All right, so when Eurachlodon hits, and we always say it rains, it pours, right? Boy, when the troubles come, they just keep pounding. I mean, man, I just tried to get through this one, and something else is on me, and I can never get ahead. An onslaught of trouble. The waves are contrary to me. That's what it says. I cannot get ahead in life. I can't even find a way out. Well, don't jump overboard and swim for it. And don't dwell, try to develop a scheme that is deceptive and try to force your way, a device, the Bible calls it, and don't give up hope. Just wish for the day and suffer it out, and life will get better. It's a guarantee. You anticipate when those rays of light will come up once again. Let me show you one more verse, and we'll be done. Please turn to the book of Psalm. Psalms chapter 30, they wished for the day. They wished for the day. So here we are in Psalm chapter 30, and look at verse 5. It says, for his anger endureth but a moment. You know, God doesn't stay angry with us forever. His anger endureth for a moment. In his favor is life. But weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. When the morning rises and the sun's up and you held out. Now notice, he may be angry at you for something you did wrong that you shouldn't have. Or... You may just be going through some harsh times of weeping. But the sun will rise again. And what I like about this, I want you to think about this. 
If you believe God is angry with you, favor will return when the sun shines. You can get in his favor again. If you're sad and weeping now, what does that mean? Joy will return when the sun shines. The sun will come up and the joy will return. You'll find yourself singing again. Because joy comes in the morning. So sometimes, and I'd say some people, you might be in it right now. You might be in a heavy storm right now. And uncertainty is, lies before you. There is no plan. All these things could be happening. And you have no positive answers yet. But joy will come in the morning. So wish for that day. Wish for that day. What's that? I love this song. I'll sing it for you if I can get the... Okay. If I get the first line, I'm okay. I'm going to sing a song here. Tears often fall on my face in sorrow when life goes on through the long lonely night. Often I cry, seems no one hears me. But then through the shadows I can see the dawning of light. The shadows may fall, my cross is heavy. Sometimes it seems I'll never see another day dawning. But I remember his word, though the night finds me weeping. He promised me, surely there'll be joy in the morning. It will get better. It will get better. God's favor will return. The sun will arise. Hey, there's land right there. Island of Melita is waiting on me. That's a whole other message. It's wonderful. The, how did I end up here? The island of Melita. Amazing things happened on that island. Took a storm to get them there, though. Let's bow our heads.